to the Amphibian Press podcast. I'm V.S. Holmes. With me today is Rachel Tamayo, thriller author. So thank you so much for, for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm pleased to be here. So tell me a little bit about your Deadly Sins series, because that sounds super fascinating. Well, basically, the basic premise of this, the series is each book is going to be a standalone story with its own beginning and its own end and its own characters about one of the seven deadly sins. And I know that's a little mm -hmm. odd for a series to not have any kind of carryover into the next book or recurring characters or anything like that. But it's it's uh, more of a theme series than a, a, the story carrying, like, say, Harry Potter or something like that would. Um, but so the first two were out. Uh, the first one being Wrath. And the mm -hmm. second one being lust and the next one will be greed nice so what was your your initial inspiration for this it's actually a little bit of an odd story because my brain doesn't i don't think work like everybody else's mm -hmm. <laughs> when it comes to stuff like that brains are tricky <laughs> right exactly especially when you're a writer and mm -hmm. um I'm not a planner. I, I don't plan any of my books. I, I mean, oh, wow. other than knowing the series is going, what the series is going to be, I couldn't tell you what the next thing is going to be about. Um, but basically, I was a 911 operator for 12 years, and a couple of times I was fortunate enough to go to the Texas, uh, there's a Texas conference for any dispatcher, 911 operator in the state of Texas to go to, and they had it here close to where I live. I live in the Gulf Coast. It was in Galveston. So I went two years in a row. Mm -hmm. The last time I went, the keynote speaker at the end of the conference was Elizabeth Smart. And oh, wow. I was just absolutely blown away. Super, super excited because I didn't even know she was going to be the keynote speaker. Mm -hmm. And um, she told her story basically her right. story from her mouth which i know can't believe i heard because i'd heard it on tv and on you know you see all the movies about it and stuff mm -hmm. but from her mouth telling it so while i'm sitting there listening i had actually just finished writing um lucifer's game which is sort of a supernatural erotic thriller mm -hmm. um it's kind of a carryover it was one of my carryover books from romance stepping into the thriller genre and after I finished it, the, the one of the characters in the book was so popular and I wasn't sure what to do. And I was like trying to come up with the next book. It occurred to me while I was listening to her and her story and what had happened to her um, that I could write another book based on the sin of lust, but not in like it, it just didn't come out the way that, that I originally thought it would. But that was where the original idea came from. It was like lightning struck me. I had an epiphany <laughs> during that speech. And I, while I was thinking about it, I'm like, well, if I can write Lust, what about the other seven deadly sins? And so my brain started working, and then that's how the series was born. Even though <laughs> Lust is not the first book, that's where the, the whole series idea came from. That's really neat. I mean, lightning always strikes me when I'm when I'm driving or something, when I, when I can't write down right. the, the thoughts. So right. I usually have to like repeat them to myself, but that's, that's so amazing that, that you got to hear her speak and what a great inspiration too. I mean, I, I imagine being surrounded by some pretty amazing stories, you know, it's just gotta yeah. be so, so exciting. 
so different hearing it from her own mouth, you know, what she <laughs> went through. Um, and speaking of, you know, inspiration, it's funny. It just hits you so randomly and just goes so completely out of the blue. You know, like the story idea for my book, Lucifer's Game, was I was driving home from the grocery store and listening to the radio and Sympathy for the Devil came on the radio. The song by the Rolling <laughs> Stones. And I'm yeah. listening to this song and I'm like, what if the devil was walking around like a man? What if that? And then all of a sudden, you know, lightning goes off and I have this book idea and, you know, that's how it happens to me. I go in with initial idea with no idea of how it's going to come out or what I'm going to do with it. I've tried the outlining thing and, mm -hmm. and like stepping out the chapters like some authors do. I can't do it. You see, I'm, I'm trying to get more into that. Typically, I'm a, a plotter, um, but I, I feel like I'm missing something um in in my writing process and it's like maybe if i if i go back a little bit to the more organic feeling of just winging it right mm -hmm. maybe right. maybe that'll come back now do you because i i know you you sort of like you said straddle some some genres here and you have a more romantic uh side side of things and then the more thriller side of things how do you mm -hmm. balance that when when writing because i find because I, I, I straddle genres too, but not, not quite um, as different ones there. And for yeah. me, sometimes it's like, I, I have to get back into the voice of, of one or the other. Do you find yourself getting, getting that way about your work? Yes, actually straddling genres is not something I'd recommend for every author. <laughs> yeah, I know it's um, a lot of work. <laughs> I really don't recommend it. And, and simply because you build fans based on what you write and the ro readers that read romance or supernatural or paranormal or whatever it is don't necessarily like what the other genre is you're writing in you know mm -hmm. there's some very devoted people that will only read certain things and um you have to build more than one fan base right. when you do that you know and that's difficult that is a really hard thing to do and that's where some authors come in under different pen names and things like that mm -hmm. because they know that they're gonna have to build fan base for these books fan base for these books fan base for these books you know yeah but my current publisher which is tangled tree publishing um they are a division of hot tree publishing and hot tree does exclusive romance romance suspense rom uh, mm -hmm. uh, it, just any genre of romance they do nothing but romance but tangled tree is strictly thriller and whenever I oh, submitted me. Break My Bones to them, they told me, you need to cut the romance out of this by like 50% and do that and we'll take it. So it, it started out more as, as romantic then, romantic suspense versus Yeah, thriller. I had a, just a touch heavier romance, yes. Okay. Yes, and I, it was more of a romantic thriller, which they don't really go together very well. <laughs> um, and it kind of takes away from the thriller part, you know? Then that's what their only <laughs> point was is like if you're gonna be a thriller you need to stick with thriller market yourself as thriller you know for these books and um so i did what they recommend and i don't have any problem with that i i i feel that they're the publishers they're the editors they know best i have no problem changing it so i changed it and it actually came out much better and and now i have the series and everything's I've taken the romance out of the rest of the books. Uh, so, because yeah, with romance, romance, the definition of romance, and that's what that's another reason it makes it so difficult to cross over between romance and some other genres like thriller, 
romance, a definition of romance is a happily ever after. You've got to have a happily ever after or it's not a romance. And in thriller, you don't have to have the happily ever after. It's like writing horror. You know, you can do pretty right. much whatever you want with the end of the book. And and they don't go together. So well, well could, most of the characters I really don't could have understand ever after. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, and I've had books that didn't have a happily ever I've written books that didn't quite have the happily ever <laughs> after, but they were very fitting and suitable and satisfying considering the rest of the book. The seven sins are, are kind of a, a favorite theme among a lot of horror and thriller authors, just because they're, you know, it's such a part of a lot of the Christian aspects of our society. So what, what was your sort of twist when, once you got that first initial inspiration? How did you turn it to make it your own? I tend to gravitate towards the psychological thrillers. And I, <laughs> I tested it out and crazy love and i absolutely loved writing it and so i really my goal with the series is to have some sort of psychological or or just epic twist in the story um mm -hmm. in every book i i honestly don't know how i'm gonna pull that off but i'll as as, as i write them it'll come to me but you know there was a psychological twist and break my bones and there's a huge surprise ending at the end of carnal knowledge and for greed that one hasn't even come out at all my publisher still has it we've, we've got it's very very early they have we haven't set a date or anything on it um but <laughs> but that one has multiple twists and turns through the whole thing so that's my goal to have some kind of a twist mental psychological whatever in each book <laughs> now is there and i know you said that they're they're standalones are there side characters or any sort of thread that that links them or are they truly standalones so far they're truly standalones the only one that i could say is is more of like of a what they call an easter egg more than a, a mm -hmm. thread it would be back a throwback to my one of my romance novels because in one of my one of my romance novels in the friend zone series i had a character and i absolutely loved him and i couldn't decide who was going to get the girl basically between him and another guy and <laughs> and he in the end didn't get the girl and i was like i really got to write him his own story you know i i, was, yeah. I really liked his character and I, I want him to have his own story so as i'm thinking i'm like you know what i'm gonna put him in uh break my bones and this mm -hmm. is gonna be his the other half of his story so that but you might not pick up on it unless you've read the other one so right it's one of those it has nothing to do with the rest of the series as far as the deadly sins but i i did do that um that's fun i i love easter eggs like i i'll, um, I'll put them in because i mean with, with sci-fi and fantasy there's there's a pretty heavy audience crossover there and so i i definitely leave right. easter eggs because they well they don't take place in the same universe it is it is sort of fun to have those little things and you can tell like who's really paying attention <laughs> right yeah i agree i agree let's let's switch gears a little bit and talk about your romance series because i i also find that really interesting my very first book was chase me and mm -hmm. i wrote a friend zone series let me back up a little bit. I, I created the characters for the Friend Zone series when I was a teenager. Mm -hmm. It was a book that I wrote on a typewriter in my room when I was like 17 years old. Of course, the book stinks and it's in my closet right. still in the back of a, in a box somewhere, you know. And yeah. uh, <laughs> Where it belongs. <laughs> exactly. I don't want anybody to ever dig that out. I have those two. 
Yeah, and and but I can't throw it away. So, um, but the characters I created, they always stuck with me. And I stopped writing for so many years. I stopped writing for a long time. And when I picked up writing again, my husband was like, "I didn't even know you wrote." That's how oh, I wow. just, I just hit it. I just never wrote. And and I was like, "Well, I do. I have always." And I just stopped for a really long time. And so I started out with characters I already knew, and I decided to write the Friend Zone series, and I, actually the original version of the story I wrote and then threw away because I kept getting feedback from publishers and agents and everybody saying, we really like it, but we can't sell it, you know, the book. Mm -hmm. It's just not quite, because it was, it was it, I guess the thriller thing is in my blood because I had kind of jammed it in there where it didn't right. and they're like this doesn't fit maybe somebody else but we, we like your writing but we don't like the story so i actually eventually ended up throwing that whole story and starting over and writing what became the friend zone series which is a it takes place in dallas uh six friends that basically grew up together finding out that their friendship has evolved from just childhood friendship into something more it's a really mm -hmm. cute story i really like it all three of them that sounds but fun. they those characters do recur and you mm -hmm. don't really have to read them in any specific order you don't have to it helps but you don't have to mm -hmm. uh but the characters do recur in those that's cool i think it's really funny that you said that about like the the thriller thing must be mm -hmm. in your blood because i i've dabbled in in romance um and you know something that i think mm -hmm. would be fun to to get into more but i haven't you know, really sat down and, and taken it mm -hmm. seriously the same way I've done with, with my other genres. And every time I go to write it, it's mm -hmm. like, so where are the monsters and the explosions, though? Cause, like, right. Yeah. Who's going to die in this one, you know? Right. <laughs> wait, wait, I'm not I do, supposed to be writing I, that. I do have death. Yeah. I do have death in, like, both of yeah. the, the shorts that I wrote. I'm like, this is, this is ridiculous. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I, I think we all have the home where we kind of, we feel the most comfortable. Right. You know. <laughs> yeah. So definitely. Tell me a little bit about being a nine one one operator, because I I always think it's interesting. A lot of us have these sort of other halves of of our lives and careers, mm -hmm. and something I usually like to ask is, what's your your pet peeve with that in mm -hmm. films and books that they always get wrong? Oh man, I I haven't. I actually was a dispatcher. I, I did a 911 operator, police dispatcher, fire EMS for 12 years. I left that and I do, I do have a different full-time job now because I was starting to get a little bit of PTSD, but. Um, yeah, the, the burnout with that. I, I used to work in healthcare and it's, it's rough. Yeah. It was time for me to go. I'm not that I'm, I'm not proud. And, you know, eventually someday when my kids are a little older and then some of the old stuff has gotten out of my system, I might go back to it. But, mm -hmm. um, I, as far as the movies and stuff, I don't watch them because I know that they would just upset me. <laughs> like that whole Halle Berry movie, you know, I didn't watch it. I heard feedback about it and I'm like, I, I can't, I just can't do it. It's just going to make me mad. Yeah. Because it's just, it, it, we're, we're different animals, 911 dispatchers. Mm -hmm. It's like they say that the statistics are like less than 2% of the population can handle being a police 911 dispatcher. And even fewer actually stay. You know, the turnover rate right. is like, I want to say, two years. Um, for most people, they, they handle it for about a couple of years and then they go and do something else. Because mm -hmm. you're, you're helping people, but you're also, you're not physically able to 
like help or fix it. So I, I can't imagine. I mean, I've, I've been on the other end of, of a lot of those calls um, and mm-hmm. it's, it's never fun. So no. And it's like, you get used to not having closure. That's another thing mm-hmm. is, is you're in that one division because the fire, the fire department knows what happens after they go get there and what happens. The, the EMS, the police, they have closure. But once we hang up the phone, nine times out of 10, that's the last we hear. We don't know what happens unless we go and hunt the officer down or dig their case report up and read it ourselves. We don't get the closure, but we get used to it. You know, it's just, (laughs) we just deal with it. But, um, towards the end after I had kids and I'd been doing it by then for so long that I, I, it changed everything. And those calls where children were involved started affecting me so much that I had difficulty. And then, the last big call I worked was actually the Santa Fe school shooting. Oh, wow. And I I live in Houston, the Houston area. Mm -hmm. And I'm literally 20 minutes, maybe 15, 20 minutes from Santa Fe. Mm -hmm. And um, I didn't, basically what happened that day was I was working the we have like four different radio stations and I was working like the, the radio station when SWAT stuff went down, if it did, which it hardly ever did. Cause mm-hmm. I'm like a medium sized town. We just didn't have a lot of that. I would be handling the SWAT stuff. And I used to be a SWAT dispatcher anyway. I got a call from uh, a different police department. It wasn't Santa Fe. It was a different police department saying, Hey, we have an active shooter in Santa Fe high school. And I was like, what? Yeah, I couldn't really. believe I heard what I just heard, you know, mm-hmm. even as a non-run operator, I couldn't believe it. But, you know, immediately my senses kick in and I know what I'm supposed to be doing. But I'm like, what? And she's like, yeah, we have an shooter in high school. And I said, is he contained? No, he's not contained. Okay. He's still active. Yes. He's still in that school active shooting. Okay. We need your SWAT team. Okay. We had a multi-agency SWAT team. I dispatched the SWAT team and I monitored them. As my SWAT team went into the school and helped subdue the shooter. Wow. The officers came back later that day after it was all over talking about the horror it was inside that school. I cried all the way home that day. And um, my son actually was set to start kindergarten that fall. And I was Mm -hmm. just so upset by it that I was like, I, about a year later, I quit. Right. I, 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 I had a hard time believing that it was time for me to go. But after that call and the way it affected me and me being afraid to send my kid to school and, you know, all this, you know, I think it's, it's like for my, my own mental health and for, you know, being able to make sure my kids are healthy, I need to right. get out of it. But that call was my last one. Because, I mean, you, you, you want to help, but yeah. at the same time, it's like I, I, I'm not being helpful. Mm-hmm when I'm affected like this. Yeah, that's wild. Exactly. Do you incorporate those things? Well, I incorporate small details. Other people probably Mm -hmm. wouldn't notice, you know, I I know little, little things about police procedure and how the inner workings of a police department are and, you know, depart like the records department and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, all those other little things and how the jail works and all that kind of stuff. It's a lot of that. I'm, I'm, I just started the fourth book in the series and that one, like I said, I don't know how my books are going to come out when I I start them with an idea, right? but I'm not sure how they're going to go. And this one might have quite a bit more police procedure involved in it than my previous books have. I've not written a real heavy Mm -hmm. police procedure book because I think part of it too, because it was, it's been two years now since I left. I think I felt a little 
hinky about it, you know, because I was right, so yeah. close to it to write about it. So I think enough time has passed now and I feel comfortable with it. I still know a lot, a lot of police officers and, and mm -hmm. I actually have already reached out to them knowing that I'm writing this book. I'm saying, Hey, if I decided to write this with a lot of police stuff in it, would you read it for me to make sure it's right? Because I don't want to put something out that's, that's incorrect. Like so many of them are. Um, right. But I'm more blessed to know the police and they will read it for me and tell me that I suck and <laughs> you need to rewrite this. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'll rewrite it. <laughs> These bad facts are criminal. <laughs> yeah, I have, I have a thick skin, so, I'm, <laughs> so I can handle it now after so many books. They, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah your, yeah, your your first book. It's like, no, don't go mm -hmm. pick it apart. It's my baby. Yeah. <laughs> and this one you're like, I so, don't even care. Just, if it snakes, just tell me and I'll start over. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just scrap the whole thing. It's fun. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's definitely interesting because like striking that that balance of mm -hmm. how accurate you want it to be, but then also how engaging to like your audience mm -hmm. you want it to be, and then what stuff you feel comfortable writing. Because I, I write a lot of um, stuff that I pull mm -hmm. from my, my coworkers as an archaeologist and it's like mm -hmm. I like some of this stuff you know I I, I never know mm -hmm. exactly which balance to, to strike because there's so many anecdotes but at the same time you know right well yeah and, and like in Break My Bones um, that story is about domestic violence it's a story about a woman who's escaped domestic violence and the awful deal she had after she did escape it and finally getting back on her feet finally being okay again and her husband getting out of jail and then coming back to find her mm -hmm. and that story actually the story was inspired by true events mm -hmm. when, when i was first dispatching and at this police department i worked for we also manned the window during the day when the records department like the lobby, you know, when people just mm -hmm. walk into the police department with whatever. And this man walked in, he was this young guy in like his mid twenties and, you know, um, just any normal looking man. And he came in and he told me that he was here to pick up his, his guns because he'd gotten out of jail and he was here to pick up his stuff, his property. Mm -hmm. So we had, you know, a detective that's in charge of all that stuff. So I said, okay, have a seat and I'll get the detective. He went and sat down and my partner who had been working there forever. She waited till she, he'd already been taken to the other part of the building before she told me. Mm -hmm. But she said that man, his wife was this woman. She was she was from Europe, and they had a child together. And she said she showed up at the police department, like basically beaten black and blue, mm -hmm. and said that he had tried to kill her the night before. He'd woke her up in the middle of the night, put a gun in her face, and told her he was going to kill her, proceeded to assault her. And mm -hmm. um, But he didn't shoot her or anything that night. She went back to sleep. And the next that was like the final straw for her, to where right. she knew that she had to get away. She was afraid he was going to kill her. And um, so she came to the police department, and they kept her there that day. And they went to arrest him, found him in his vehicle on his way home. And when they pulled him over, he had a shovel and a tarp and a gun and all these oh, things. That's in great. Those are good signs. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They were obviously arresting him for the assault because they had no proof that he intended to commit the murder other than, you know, he obviously did. But mm -hmm. uh, that story was like 
chilling to me. Right. And, and and here he is trying to get his guns back. Yes. Yeah. He and she left. She they she divorced him while he was in jail. She left the country with her son, so she was safe. Mm-hmm. But um that story stuck with me so much that it inspired the book, Break My Bones. Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah. But yeah. So what what is next for you? I mean you you touched on on working on the next of the of the Deadly Sins series. Mm-hmm. But do you have do you have other projects that are on, on the back burner? I actually do. Um I'm co writing in a genre I've never written in before. Um, there's a, an author I know I'm friends with. She's great. I absolutely love her books. Cynthia Austin. She wrote the Pendant series. She writes like, um, paranormal urban fantasy type romance. And, yeah, I've, um, I've come across her. I love her stuff. Yes. And I, I'm, I'm friends with her and I asked her, I said, Hey, I started this dystopian book and I'm kind of stuck. And I said, do you want to write it with me? And she's like, she jumped on it. She's like, yes, 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 let's write it together. And so we've agreed to write this book together. And it's like a no- a novella because I mm-hmm. told her, how would you feel? Because I also submit articles. I do articles a lot and I, I do a lot of work with In Detail Magazine. And I said, they actually do a chapter by chapter book every single year. I said, how would you feel if I took this idea to them and see if they would put it out in their magazine? And she said, yeah, do it. That'd be great. So I, I approached the lady that does that and she jumped all over it. So we are going to put that book in a detail magazine next year. It starts next spring. That's so much fun. I, I love the serial stuff. Um, that'll be a, a dystopian uh, young adult. But I've never written dystopian before. <laughs> but I, it's such a different story. I even told my husband about it who doesn't really read. I told him about it. He goes, that's such a different idea. I really like that. And like, that's cool. Hopefully everybody else will too. Yeah. Because <laughs> I've never well, written that before. You've got a couple people who are into it. <laughs> are you writing it? Like, do, do you intend to have it be completed, you know, minus maybe their, their minor editing before the first chapter is, is published? Or is this something that you're going to be working on while it's going on? Yes. It's got to be fairly short because it's got to fit into 12 magazines basically they put out one a month and it's got to fit into that and it's three quarters of the way done actually um Mm -hmm. but yeah we're gonna have to have it finished before that and and edited before the first book comes out i want to say it's like march or april next year or something like that so we gotta get it finished i've got like four more chapters to write and then edit it so we'll hopefully have it done in time yeah, I'm I'm planning a, a serial and I've been trying to decide if I want to have the whole thing finished before I put out the first one or if I want to like test my skills <laughs> to see to see if I can keep up with myself. I did it as a test sort of too and cuz when I wrote I wrote Lucifer's game um and which is a supernatural thriller basically mm-hmm. uh about the devil and his plan to stop this one woman from having a baby because of the implications this child will have on the on the and Armageddon in the future and everything and a woman's infertile <laughs> and, and everything and so in order to bring um, to stop it he brings in his right hand man the demon that he has that causes the most problems for anybody that is lust mm-hmm. but in these in the story they're humanized they're human they're they're not human but they're they're humanized demons mm-hmm. and and the story and his name is Devin 
and in the story the demon of lust is this man named Devin, and he was so popular everybody loved him and I'm like we want more of him put something else out of him we love Devin, you know i'm like really <laughs> you know, okay so i was like oh you know what the lust is working <laughs> yeah they loved him um <laughs> so, so i wrote a prequel to it at the request of fans and, and but i just did it chapter by chapter on my blog mm-hmm. and it was hard to keep myself in that time frame and write it and keep it you know the way i wanted it it's not really published right now i have it and i've i've, I've published it before and i've taken it back down and it's the only thing i've ever self-published was that story i was lucky with um with that one but when i tried it again that's actually what happened with the dystopian thriller is i tried it again with that one and i got stuck and i was like i'm stuck and then i pulled it off my blog <laughs> because we decided to put it in the magazine but um <laughs> yeah I, I kind of screwed myself so that's why i say i wouldn't do it again <laughs> finish it first. well at least they can they can go find it with devin's story um it brought thousands of readers to my blog <laughs> it really did i'm like man this yeah is insane but they really like this character so uh yeah That's i cool. may eventually put out some kind of an anniversary edition with both in the same book or something like that but mm-hmm. so where can my listeners find you and and all of your awesome work my website is racheltomayowrites.com i pretty much have everything on there you can put my books pretty much anywhere. Amazon, um, Barnes and Noble, Apple, just pretty much everywhere. Awesome. I mean, I know right now we're, we're mostly um, sticking to virtual events, but what do you, do you have any events planned for the foreseeable future? I've been doing a lot of interviews. Um, I just did an interview a couple of days ago that should be out in the next few weeks for a nerve magazine. Um, mm-hmm. I've, I've had a few things in a few magazines right now. There's an interview with me in top shelf magazine. It's oh, out great. this month. It just came out a couple of days ago. Um, but yeah, it's all virtual, all the magazines and interviews and stuff online. Cause yeah, last year I was able to do all kinds of, you know, book signings and everything, but that's just not happening this year. So yeah, that's, that, that was supposed to be this year for me. It was like gearing mm-hmm. up and getting a bunch of events out there. It's like, Oh crap. <laughs> right. Yeah, basically. They made it a little difficult. But yeah, they can also reach out to me. There's a contact form on the website. If there's anything somebody wants, if they want to get their hands on a signed copy or whatever, just, yeah, send me a message. Well, I'll be sure to put all of those those links in the description. And just thank you so much for this wonderful conversation. Thank you very much. I had I enjoyed it. Yeah, this has been the Amphibian Press Podcast. I'm V.S. Holmes, and with me today was Rachel Tamayo. Thank you so much for listening.